had time to control it, but he tried to knock it inside for Monelli. He was tightly marked. And it's Oriali now. Bertone. Will be one, two. Yes, it is. Good move. Oh! What a chance. Hello and welcome Boom. to the final World Cup edition, the final Matildas edition of the yeah. Maiden Daily. I'm alongside my cohort. That's just like a, a colleague, isn't it? A cohort? How do you spell it, cohort? C-O-H-O-R-T. Can I get the language of origin, please? <laughs> <laughs> One of the great shows is the old spelling bee on ESPN 8. Fantastic. Whenever it's on, that is sport. give me a bit of it. That is sport. They're always nerds. Oh, really? Why can't there be just oh, a Oh, really? Random... The National Spelling Bee? <laughs> okay. Just taking the Captain Obvious cape off your back as you say I that. I see like a surfer dude up there. <laughs> Cowabunga. They've always got book smarts, these kids who know how to spell words we've never heard of. And really loving accepting parents that don't pressure them. They're the two things. I'd like to see like a nerd up there with two, like he'd hired two strippers just to stand next to him while he did the work. <laughs> He's trying to act cool just up there and he's like, yeah, I got me babes here. Show me the word. Come on, let's do it. Let's do the word. Yeah, Give me the language word. of on. origin before these bitches get too horny. A real James Dean dude. He's got like stubble and a leather jacket. <sighs> he's like vaping as he's doing the. <laughs> I had a really bad thought the other day where I was like, should I take up vaping? Because yeah. I was at a pub and this bloke goes to go to the dunny. I was having a beer with him, just having a chat. Interesting dude. Yeah. And he goes, oh, we're outside. He goes, do you vape? I go, nah. He goes, oh, I'll hold this. And he gave it to me anyway. And I was mm. bored while he was gone, so I hoofed it down. It was delicious. It's delicious, it was delicious. It? it was like, you oh, I got a little bit of a head spin. And it was like having a bit of original grey pub of bubba stuff. And then Amazing. I came back, I go, what's in that? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, nothing bad. Just like, you know, nicotine. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so it's like cigarettes. <laughs> like... No, and then I was like, well, I could never do it in public because I'm embarrassed about that and not my health reasons, my ego. And I was like, maybe just around the house. It's like, who am I? I hate this person. I vape, but only at home. You're a fuckwit. What are you talking about? (laughs) The word is dickhead. Oh, can I get that in a sentence? Sonny was vaping around his house. He was a huge dickhead. (laughs) Hey, we're sponsored this week by mintsports.com.au and... Yeah, the best in the biz. The best in the biz. We're going to level with everyone. We don't have any other sponsors. And normally we just make one up and then do the ad later. But we've both actually, Mace, kind of good a time as any to bring this up. We've both been a bit flat yeah. the last few days uh, since oh. the semi-final defeat. And normally we're pretty good at that. We stay positive and we are proud. And obviously we are both those things. But we've both mm. been sort of allowing ourselves to wallow in the mire of the results. So maybe just something organically, as the kids say will pop up throughout the show that we can uh, create as a sponsor. Yeah, let's let it naturally come to us mm. through this this. Uh, and for anyone out there, podcast. a bit of correspondence, yeah. if you ever have an idea for a sponsor, send it in and we'll create that ad for you. That would be fantastic. Audio, Mr. Squiggle, bring it on. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Hurry up. I can hear him saying it now. Hurry up. <laughs> Terrifying, by the way. Oh, Mr. Mr. Squiggle. Squiggle. <laughs> So what, he's got a pencil for a nose, he draws things upside down to mess with you, and then buggers off to the moon? Yeah, totally. Do you want to babysit? 
No, you creeps. Did you actually say squiggle time? Uh-huh. Then what are we waiting for? Uh, hurry uh. up. Oh, blackboard. Hey, speaking of big noses, just ten minutes ago I saw this thing about Bradley Cooper is playing... Mm. Oh, who's he playing? Pinocchio. He's playing Leonard Bernstein, the um, the composer. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's getting criticised... <laughs> They released a trailer, really proud of it. I've gone method. I'm really, I feel like I am the character. And apparently he's just been getting backlash in certain corners of that beautiful World Wide Web for Jewface. <laughs> There's our sponsor. There's our sponsor. <laughs> no, no talking about that. Stop. So he wears a prosthetic nose to look more like the person who he's trying to portray, who has a larger nose, is wow. Jew-facing. He's Jew-facing, Jew the dirty, racist man he is, the Jew-face. Oh, because he's gone the beak. Yeah, but he's he... gone the beak because the person he's playing has a beak. Like Exactly. If he didn't, people would be up in arms going, oh, you think you can just appropriate yourself as a, a famous person because you're an actor, you look nothing like it. Is he supposed to rock up, hey, hair, makeup? Take the day off. I've got this one. Yeah, that's right. We're only making entertainment on the big screen here. I don't need to look anything not, like the yeah. bloke. He's not walking around with a cinnamon cinnamon bubka. But the elephant man didn't get done for fucking not using moisturizer that morning. It's a bit it's a bit much. Exactly. Anyway, we're really digressing here. We really are. Should we pray? <laughs> we haven't even yeah. got to the prayer. <laughs> Let's pray. Let us pray. Let us pray that this is not the end, but rather the beginning of something else yes. much larger yes. and greater, Mason. Let us pray that this is not the best result. Our girls our achieve our in our lifetime at a major tournament. And let us pray that our hearts can regain a regular rhythm now that the tournament is over. Mm. In the name of... In the name of... Kathy, Kathy Freeman. Freeman. Heard of her? Ash, Ash Barty. Heard of her? Emma, Emma McKeon. McKeon. Heard, Heard of her? And... and these the Matildas. Matildas. Heard of them. Ah, uh, uh, have you Pen. heard of them? Have you heard of them? Wow, what a campaign. All right, Mace, so yeah. let's headline this. What we're going to do is we'll quickly yeah. run through the tournament in general. I want to run through, yeah. it's pure Matildas based here, pure Matildas based. We're going to go through each one of their games very briefly and then just talk about the general fizz of it all. So It'd be really great if we just did like a full Sweden football <laughs> team podcast. Yeah. So we're just massive Lionesses freaks. You guys all know that. So we're just going to preview the World Cup final that starts in... How, how typical is this of us? We're doing a big final closure, a little time capsule. World Cup's finished. Let's do an episode to end it. The final yeah. kicks off in about two hours. Nah, stuff them. Our, our tournament's over. Fuck. It's time I could not it. give a flying fuck who wins it. I'd like, I'd like England it. not to win. Hang on. Should we just do two quick records? We'll do one. Yeah. And the Poms, unfortunately, got it done, but at least we got beaten by the best. And what can you do, England? Congrats, I guess, to them who beat Spain. Okay, we'll do another one. <laughs> and the plucky Spaniards came from nowhere, which is always a treat. Plucky. And thankfully, those Poms got what they deserved. They played their grand final oh. against us. We knew it at the time, and we said it That's right. moments ago. And Stick can you believe that shootout? Just in case. Oh, my God. Someone got shot. Someone was actually Actual shot. Actual shootout, yeah. <laughs> so the tournament itself, Mace, 211 yeah. countries attempted to qualify. We made it to the final four. The average crowds were over 30,000 at each stadium. 
and great crowds too. Families, kids, yeah, joy and support great without crowd. the vitriolic animosity that a throng of sporting jingoists can often serve up. Over two and a half goals on average per game, undoubtedly the greatest Women's World Cup ever. It exceeded all expectations. So we can't really afford the luxury of disappointment, but we do feel a bit yeah. flat. We came so close to a dead set miracle, oh, Mace. Oh, yeah. I really cannot believe it still that we haven't won the World Cup. <laughs> I was adamant that we were going to win this thing. I was that confident in our in our team. I just, I was in, sh- when we lost, I was in shock for oh yeah, probably two days. Just yep. not accepting it. Mate, we'll get into that game a bit later, but I was the same. And even to the point where it was the 93rd minute, and we're down 3-1. I was like, huh, well, I wonder how we get a couple of goals here. So, no, mate, you are in denial. Uh, Yeah, I was doing the same. We chuck on this person, we chuck on that, we'll get the 3-3 and then we'll bring on this. It's just like, mate, accept it. They were leggy, very leggy in the end there. Oh, yeah. It's really, really hard to win a World Cup. Oh. Welcome back to World's Biggest Understatements. (laughs) (laughs) There's a sponsor. We'll be right back with It's Really Hard (laughs) to Win a World Cup. And stay tuned for later when we discuss... The fact that the Beatles are pretty good to listen to (laughs) and pizza can be tasty. (laughs) All that and more on World's Biggest Understatements. (laughs) I think we were a bit naive with how we went. I think, well, I was. I thought we were by far the best team in the competition, but England and Sweden, you know, looking back on those games, look pretty fucking good. They look pretty convincing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's about depth, isn't it? We didn't use many players outside of the main sort of 12 or 13, and it showed at pivotal moments when we didn't have the legs at the latter end of the stages. But to get so, so close at home is a missed opportunity in that respect. But overall, it was an opportunity, this tournament, that our girls gripped bloody tightly with both Mary Fowler-gloved hands that they damn near crushed mm. it. In the end, we were pretty lucky. Like, we were really fortunate to get this. I was thinking, imagine this has happened during COVID times, all the stuff we would have missed mm. out on as a, as a whole country. Mm. And these girls would have. Can't fault how good this tournament was. I mean, it exceeded all expectations, I'm pretty sure, from what they gave us. And they, if you're looking at, as a Matilda or as an Australian fan... Before the tournament, you're probably thinking, well, will it go to script? Will we get anything out of this? You know, will people enjoy it? And that exceeded all their promises to themselves, I think. What they wanted, they got. They really got it. Oh, and beyond. Like, we never could have... We could have hoped to win the whole thing. We could have hoped for heaps. But we had the moment. We had the iconic, memorable moment of the shooting. Yeah, our pen. Our pen. That's right. We kind of had two moments because we had that... That will be the forever where were you when moment. But we also had the iconic individual starburst moment in Sam's oh goal that we'll God. get to later. We can discuss that at length if you want. But the wave that hit when it hit after that shootout, the front and back pages of every single newspaper in the country, like mm, even the Herald mm. Sun changing its name to Herald Sam. That was a nice touch from the bum rag Love that. itself. Usually best reserved <laughs> to line a birdcage, but that's all right. Nice work. One day a year. <laughs> Even a broken clock's right twice a day. MCG crowds, like choosing women's football on small tellies over their own AFL team who were playing yeah. live metres away Unreal. on the best playing surface Unreal. in the country. So good. We had the Unreal. Boomers playing World Cup warm-up games, changing their time slot and exiting the team bus, all wearing different Matildas jerseys pre-game, pumping them up. Legends. Fucking mint. So good. Live yeah, sights and mint. dickheads with flares. And we even had Barnaby Joyce watching the wrong game. 
Wyler McCrate. Dewey! He's the biggest imbecile in Australia. Absolute goober. We didn't talk about this the last time around. We, we were too enamoured with the, the girls in the shootout, I think. But, yeah, our former... What what was his fucking position? He was deputy PM. He was the, uh, the deputy PM. Is what the... is wrong with this country? <laughs> That's worse than than anything else, I reckon. Like you can put up sports rorts or racism or anything you like, but to sit in a packed pub and not know you're watching the wrong game on the wrong channel, you don't deserve to be in the public eye. Eleven million people could do it. You couldn't. It's like hot tub time machine. Like, what pub is that? It's a fucking time machine, that pub. Barnaby's Time Machine Pub. There's our sponsor right there. This may or may not surprise you or anyone who knows me and the fact that I tend to have a bit of time on my hands when I'm doing these things. I looked up the pub and the town. Because I was like, how is this happening? How is this happening? Where is this remote? Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, during the France quarterfinal... That Saturday, mm. this pub had no idea what was going on and they played the friendly that we had against France three weeks earlier before the tournament and that one was shown on Channel 10. So a little bit of a flag early, like, ah, oh, 10. Every other game's on seven. <laughs> they must just have the rights for one game. Also, very, very cheeky from Channel 10. Let's just put this on and see if any idiot watches. Cheers. One pub did. Very. So they all sat in this pub in Walcher. Walcher. <laughs> And you watch the wrong game. It's a very metro-sounding suburb. Packed pub. No one knew until the next day. You're kidding. So it's in the northern sort of tablelands of New South Wales. Can we talk about the calibre of human parading about Walcher? Finger on the pulse much, Walcher? Whatcha watching, Walcher? Dead set. Doing. I can't get my head around it. 9-11's just gone through their TVs. Like, that's how far behind, mate. This Elvis bloke's causing a stir. Walcher. What are you doing? Unbelievable, Walcher. Walcher doing. Walcher doing. So I'm going to take it to the map reference here, the corner of the map. Malways. I looked up Walcher. <laughs> Walcher is 80% Christian. Oh, yeah. 81% Australian born. And the median age is 53 years old, which is significantly older than the average Australian town of 38. So old Aussie god botherers, basically. <laughs> Walcher. Jesus Christ. Reeks of a cult. Oh, mate, I can't wait till they find out that we land on the moon. (laughs) Going to go off. (laughs) The entire pub, not one person was like, ah, sorry. (laughs) Is this the right game? Not one. still speaking old English there and shit. (laughs) Oh, my God, if the Lord allows it. I tell you what, if that stunned them, imagine the shock when these ancient Ocker godheads discover that half the tournament are all sleeping with each other. It's going to be a dark day in Walcher. (laughs) That's right. People like pouring acid on their eyeballs. <laughs> ah, I know it was a friendly, but I shouldn't have been watching. Ah! No, Grandma, you don't have long. You're a resident of Walcher. Shout Walcher. out to our Walcher listeners, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to the. We're doing a live show at the Walcher pub. 
We'll be showing it four years after we do it live. Be sure to get down there. <laughs> anyway, it looks gorgeous, by the way. It's the northern New South Wales Tablelands, yeah, it and it's a really nice place. But crikey, don't go there for your current news and events. <laughs> Do I really got to be the asshole that says we got in this thing and went back in time? It must be some kind of... Hot pub time machine. You've got to come back with me! Where? Great Scott Barnaby. We've got to go back. Back to the Walcher. Join Barnaby and the boys as we pack out the Walcher hot pub time machine. Well, I went to the pub and watched them on the weekend, but I think, and you'll see it on the Facebook post, I think we're watching the wrong game. I think they'd put on a repeat because it was on Channel 10. I don't think it was the right one, but when we finished the game, Australia won 1 0 in full time. So, you know, that's good. Still won. Watch the moon landing, avoid 9 11, and check out the Matildas from just three weeks ago. I think it was a previous game. I th- is that uh, it was pretty dodgy. Whatever was happening, I think it was pretty dodgy. I don't think they'd paid for their for their vision or something. Right. We went and had dinner because we thought they'd won one nil. It's youngsters' night. Anyone born after the Boer War eats for free. Come on down this week and hop on in. The Walsha Hot Pub Time Machine. Walsha waiting for. Let's get into the Matildas tournament, mate. Yes, let's do it. Game by game, we're going to go. We're going to fly through it. On the eve of the tournament, pre-game, we received the worst possible news. Sam Kerr has injured her calf. The world's best player is out. For how long, we don't know. But it doesn't look good. Calves aren't ideal. And it's never ideal losing your skipper and the greatest striker on the planet before a ball has been kicked. We are getting word that Australian women's captain Sam Kerr is out of the first two matches of the World Cup. Uh, We are hearing that it's due to a calf injury. Game one, 75,000. Pack out Stadium Australia to see us take on the translucent hard nuts of Ireland. It's a nervy, scrappy Mm. game. We just had to get through it, get Mm. the points, and we did just that. Steph Nine Lives Catley steps up to the spot wearing the captain's armband, and puts it away, and we can all breathe. 1-0 Matildas. Great game. Oh, there's been contact in the area. Penalty. Penalty, says the referee. And Catley scores. And sends the majority of the 80,000-plus inside Stadium Australia into rapture. Three invaluable points. I guess they're not invaluable. They're literally valued at three, but that's right. So three valued and valuable points. Opposite of invaluable. You could just have conversation with yourself for, forever, couldn't you? 
I'm on medication to t- try and stop. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> I've started talking to myself, Mace, a lot. Which wow. Okay. No, it's okay. I don't mind it. But I end arguments where I don't know what the start of it is. I don't know the premise. So out loud, I was walking from the bathroom downstairs and out loud, out of nowhere, I go, yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Jesus Christ. About what? I have no idea. <laughs> wouldn't have. But I was pretty adamant that I wouldn't have thought so. What a what a maniac. Is this France game live on Channel 10? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> anyway, little sideline there. That's game one out of the way. Hope we got one of these Boo. and they get for each game. <laughs> so much cheaper than therapy, this. Terrible. Game two. And more bad news off the pitch. Mary Fowler, the cat burglar. Kerr God, God Kerr's replacement for the translucent hard nuts game. And Avi Lewick are both ruled out. With concussion from training incidents. What are they doing at training, Mace? What is scrums, clearly. What the <laughs> fuck? What is going on there? What is Tony doing? Tony, I don't know. Maybe it. work on, you know, your substitutional tactics and stop charging at each other with pots and pans on your heads, ladies. Maybe they're doing like Takeshi's Car like that's what he's watching on the iPad, oh, his yeah, favourite yeah. episodes of Takeshi's Castle. And that's what he gets him to do. Steph Catley's going to be out. She had a drawbridge injury. She got hit by the cannonball. Yeah, great. <laughs> she had to step across five stones and one falls through. And, that's you know, right. things happen. How did you do your calf, Sam? You guys familiar with the TV show Wipeout? What was the one where they tried to, like, just eat food on a stage? It was like slideshow or something. <laughs> Biggest one-trick pony ever. Oh, no. Elevator pitch. Okay, so it's like um, just like a sketch where people are trying to eat food or something, but like we just rotate the set so they can't stand up. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Sorry, no spoilers, Walcher. It's coming in about 11 years. <laughs> so, game two. Van Egmond, the Dutch omelette, comes into the starting side. She opens the scoring in stoppage time of the opening half. Nigeria level it with the last kick of that half. They then take the lead and double the advantage minutes later as AOK and the midwife get highly confused. A shoulder capitalising from a tight angle. No frills, AOK gets redemption off the bonce. Her header up the other end would be consolation only. Every single player inside the Nigeria penalty area. Despite 28 shots, 28, 28 shots, 65% possession and 15 corners, Nigeria prevail 3-2. And it is officially Brown Dax time. Oh, my God. And a lot of... You see the soccer? Chicks can't play sport for shit. This is boring as. A lot of that shit going around. Flare boys everywhere, yeah. You let your words, flare boys. Game three, we go to a sold-out Melby Rectangular Park. (laughs) And a must-win contest against the Olympic gold medalist. Big stuff against Canada here. Yeah. And this is where we turn it on, Mace. Probably the best I've ever seen the Matildas play. A brace from Razamataz, yeah. goals from the cat burglar, Mary Fowler, back in the side for heart attack and vine, and nine lives from the spot again, calm as you like. Oh, no cur, yeah. no worries. We are through remarkably on top of the group. The belief is back, and it is real. Cross is not a bad one, and it pops here for Hayley. 
dream starts. It's the one they wanted, and that should settle the nerves, not just among the players, but in the stands as well. Difficult for the goalkeeper. There's an almighty scramble, and Hayley Razzo has forced the ball over the line. Surely this one will count. Now, can you fall away? No side flag. Here come the runners for Australia. Does Ford need them? Turns it in towards Fowler! It's cracked over the line! Australia have three! Steph Catley. No problems. The cherry on top for the Matildas. Imagine if we didn't go through. Huge. You know, like the Kiwis. The sliding doors. Weren't the Kiwis forgotten about? Rightly so. I mean, they hosted this fucking thing. Rightly so. Come on, mate. Hosted it. Please. Please. <laughs> that 11 a.m. game's in the dark. Sort your lighting out and stop being Tasmania's little sister. It was our tournament. Up in. Up in. Move on. Carry on. But you're right. <laughs> we slip up against Canada, and not only do we not go through and miss all those moments, all those flare boys going, no, that's boring, that's shit. We don't have a justifiable response to it. That's right. It's a missed opportunity. Exactly. But go through, we do. And it's back to Sydney for the round of 16 in front of another 75,000 Aussie loyalists set to cheer on our girls against the not-so-great Danes of Denmark. Bathurst and Nine Lives continue their exceptional link-up on the left. Bathurst getting her first goal on the score sheet. Lovely touch. Fowler here can get Australia moving. And that is exactly the right ball. Caitlin behind. Caitlin Ford scores for Australia. Oh, she finished it beautifully. I think that might be my favourite goal of the tournament after Kerr Gods. Maybe even in front of it. We can talk about that. Yeah, Beth. Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. it was swift. I wanted her to score one in front of her home crowd, and it was clinical, which is what we weren't in so the games clinical. that we lost. We needed to put no. chances away. That's right. She had one shot at that, and she nailed it. She sprinted. She got the first touch in. She went through the keeper's legs. She put her hand to her ear to get the crowd going. That little that microcosm, good. if we can continually do that, we are winning trophies. That's right. Razamataz nabs her third of the tournament in the second stanza. But the biggest cheer of the night, Mace was reserved for the entrance of our talismanic skipper, Sam Kergod Godker. She takes off her bib with about 10 minutes remaining and enters the tournament proper. Wow. The words that echoed around the nation last night, skipper Sam Kerr made her long-awaited first appearance from injury in the 80th minute, and the crowd went ballistic. And the number 20 has gone up on the fourth official's board. Sam Kerr, for the first time in this FIFA Women's World Cup, here is Australia's captain... Best shirt off reveal since Jamie Lee Curtis in trading places. 2-0 Tillies. We go through and we look good. Nigeria game now seems like a blip, an anomaly in the distance. A speck of dust on a grain of sand on the endless timeline of a windy beach. A long forgotten feeling. We're winning this thing. That is nine goals. Six different goal scorers. Three clean sheets. And we have the world's greatest striker back in action. Try stopping us. The country is on board. Momentum building. Belief growing. It's quarterfinal time. I think it's fair to say the entire country is on board and watching. And you only get a few nights where the whole nation is behind a team like tonight, Izzy, and that's what we've got here. Full time from Stadium Australia, and the Matildas are into the quarterfinals of their home World Cup. 
And we covered this extensively in the last part. <laughs> and another clean sheet after regulation and extra time for the midwife and the golden wall protecting her. The teams eventually, arduously, exhaustingly, finally separated on the 20th shot from the penalty spot. 12 yards of anguish over 17 minutes. It is the iconic moment of the tournament and a sporting moment that will not be bettered for a long, long time to come. Certainly not this year. Just ask Barnaby and the preachy pensioners of Walcher. Just as well we won that game too, actually, now I think about it. They would have stormed the streets. <laughs> yeah. At least we won both. As you said, it won't be done for a long time. It's because it doesn't happen where everything lines up perfectly. The momentum. And that's really hard to do in sport. And we nailed it in that France game. It hit the tipping point of the perfect storm. I always take the piss out of people who say... Oh, you couldn't script this. And it's always like, it's a pretty easy script, you know. This is one of those where, okay, 20 penalties, our keeper having the chance to shoot and score, all of the stuff that came up. It's oh a pretty good script. God. It's a pretty good bloody script, guys. <laughs> it's fucking sick. It's departed too. I would have made it five all or something with their five being dodgy, not nil all, but oh. it was pretty intense and as good as sport gets. Can I just have a little side thing I've been meaning to say to you about that penalty shootout? The commentator on Optus Sport was incredible he was fucking sensational he was so dramatic he was great because people talk about like bruce or a few other people talk about writing down one or two sentences so when england won the world cup in 66 people will replay they think it's all over it is now our intro week after week is various sporting moments of commentary it's indelible and it stays for life yeah so when vine scores and it's cue the party that's great that's really simple that's fine but what you got to remember is there are about eight opportunities before that for either us to go out or win. Absolutely. If you watch again, the, the amount of times he nails one, and it's a different one each time, this is for a chance to put the Matildas in the history books. This is to create history yeah, in the yeah, nation. And it's like, shit, I'm going to coming up with these things. So it's by the end, he's like, cue the party. And it works. It's awesome <laughs> because it's a relief. It's unreal. But he did so it's well so to good. just continually come up with a little timestamp. <laughs> Of one sentence, one little epitaph for France and one little surge of glory. That was a really good point. And as it was going, it's like, this poor bastard. It's like a game show in itself. <laughs> it's a few small steps for Mackenzie Arnold. Potentially a giant leap into the history books for the Matildas. If she scores, they're into a semi-final. Oh, no! And now... Enormous pressure on Katrina Gori. She has to score, otherwise the Matildas are out. Oh, and it just crept in. And on we go in this. Unbelievable atmosphere and tension in Brisbane, Mianjin. France with the advantage. The Matildas turning to their experienced players in this shootout at the moment. Tamika Yallop has to score. And does another calm, collected spot kick. Just don't know how the players are doing it in this atmosphere. Remarkable. Well, we're deep into the shootout. 
players who wouldn't normally take penalty kicks. Ellie Carpenter. This won't be an easy retake for Dali. My goodness, she's happy she has the opportunity. ticket to the most sensational drama can you imagine the scenes and the big screens in Brisbane Melbourne Perth Sydney and an enraptured crowd here if Hunt scores it's history for the Matildas no saved by Jerome I simply do not believe that astonishing 18 penalties we've had so far. It's six all. And it's Vicky Besho, just 19 years old. And hits the post. And for the third time, Australia are one successful penalty away from the last four. Courtney Vine for the Matildas. Can she do it? Can she grab this game? Can she grab the Matildas' future? 21-year-old Courtney Vine at her first World Cup can write the Matildas into history. penalty away Mackenzie Arnold missed Claire Hunt missed and it was left to Courtney Vine to take Sam Kerr and the Matildas where they've never been before no Australian team male or female has ever reached a World Cup semi-final 211 countries tried to make the World Cup we are hosting it and we're in the final four. It's semi-final time, and the entire nation, it seems, is living around the Matildas. It's the build-up, the aftermath, it's everything on a Wednesday night. A-OK, no frills herself, is ruled out late with a delayed concussion. Oh, my God. From the France game. Oh. Back on the pots and pans, girls. On the scrum work, Tony. I thought we spoke about this. I actually remember the incident. It was with, <laughs> it was with Les Sommer. I remember they head clashed. Remember the fractured beak? I remember that. Yeah, and she had the fractured beak. The French beak was down. Les Omer, by the way, has since been done for Dewface. <laughs> was she going for the part, was she? She was trying yeah. to get the part. Bradley Cooper. So it was Les Omer and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Mate, neck and neck. Nose and nose. She lost it by a nose. <laughs> 
she was a huge loss for us in our defence. I mean, her connection with Claire oh. Mike Hunt has been a massive reason for our run of clean sheets, really. Let's face it. They were fantastic. And we concede first. Then it happens, Mace. It happens. Sam Kerr has oh her God. magic moment with a truly world-class strike. It's the goal of the tournament. Australia have won it back. And now there's a break here. Sam Kerr can run it nearly bright. Sam Kerr continues on. Edge of the box. Kerr strikes! Australia has never, ever, ever been louder. A green and gold eruption in Sydney. It was the goal Australia has been longing for. But Russo has her pocket picked. And here's Sam Kerr. She's going to need some support. Kerr running at bright. Kerr with a shot. Oh, I say that's incredible. Run me through everything you're feeling. Takes your breath away, those kind of goals. You kind of, it jolts you into something. It's a stunning strike, as they call it. Absolutely. Where you just, you're in awe of her, and you become, I became arrogant, like, look at this fucking champion, look at this shit. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of, this is who we got fucking up front. It was that kind of vibe when she was running off after the goal. I'm just like... This is what she can do. Well, the whole thing as well. So she takes the ball basically on halfway, has two defenders to run at. She's got Caitlin Ford streaming down the left who's open. She does. And in my head, I'm going pass, 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 pass for sure. She shoots early, really early, 30 yards out. And I'm like, no. So there's the anticipatory run, the deflated, why would you shoot there? She's desperate to make an impact. And as the ball kind of soars, it doesn't dip or anything. I think it might actually take a deflection. But it's going. And when it hit the back of the net, <laughs> there was a big kind of, what the fuck? Like, yeah. oh! <laughs> like, hang on. Yeah, it was, oh! Who was I oh! to question you? That's right. Yeah, pass it. Don't shoot. It's like, nah, mate. That's how good she is. Do that. That's how good she is. She's so explosive. And I reckon it's a really important goal. Even though we go on to lose, obviously if we go on in a win and she has that goal, it's more iconic. But there's a lot of people in the country who were watching that night who would have never seen her play before and would have heard right. a lot yeah. about she's a star, How she's the best she striker in the That's world, right. and gone, okay, haven't seen much. This chick with the gloves is better. All we know is she's a star. The other thing is it's not just first-timers. It's people who love sport and probably are at pubs all week going, we've got Sam Kerr, she's a gun, who haven't really seen her week in, week out. Because at two in the morning, they're not watching Chelsea play women's football on a Saturday. That's right, that's right. So I reckon there would have also been a bit of shock and awe and newfound admiration for everyone in their celebrations. A real kind of, holy shit, I knew she was good, but I just didn't know she could pull that out. And it kind of gives you that arrogant sort of justification of like, yeah, this is what I've been talking about. And you're like, fuck, I didn't realise I was actually does. talking about the truth. Yeah, It's just a great yeah. standalone <laughs> moment that'll yeah, stick with us for years to come. Up in. It's going to be in the intro of so many Wobbler Sports like Sunday shows. 
the Kerr goal. <laughs> It'll be that for good, Fuck for good. Yeah. And the fact that she Fuck didn't yeah. do a cartwheel or a flip, she's 100% fit, she's flipping, and if she's 100% fit, who knows, we might win this game. That's right. Because the ensuing 10 minutes, we look all over them. We are pressing hard. Then they lob a hopeful long ball up the other end, and no frills, A-OK's unavailability is writ large. It cost us here. Defensive frailties in the four. As Sweet Lou Carpenter, let's face it, she has a shocker. She flails and she fails to clear an innocuous ball when the bad guys mm. make us pay 2-1. Nothing is working for our girls. We're getting out-muscled. The quarterfinal epic clearly is taking its toll in our legs. Bathurst keeps having her pocket picked by her club mate, mm. but we keep pressing. We don't give up. This team never gives up. That's right. A handful of chances arrive in the dying minutes for the Aussies, including a point-blank volley that you would put the house on if we weren't in a housing crisis oh for Sam God. to score. She snatches at it, oh. shoots wide. Six epic minutes ahead. What is in store? Tensions rising. Steph Catley's going to take this corner kick, and Australia are going to make it as uncomfortable as they can. In it goes. Very uncomfortable. Oh, wide from Kerr. Wide from Sam Kerr. Her face, his face, tell the story. Well, it should have been two. There's no denying that should have been two. She's three metres out. And Sam Kerr couldn't have fallen to a better player. England immediately go up the other end and it's curtains for the Matildas campaign. The blinds are drawn. The dream is over. We are beaten, unfortunately, by a better team on the night. Final score, 3-1, Poms. It's a hollow feeling. Oh, hard to hear you say that. Hollow feeling. It's so hard to hear you say that. I admit, like, I wasn't really strong enough to dip immediately into the pride that I've always had bubbling within for this team. I was really flat, and I was hollow, and I allowed myself to wallow. In fact, I kind of <laughs> romanticise it. If I read, like, a Bukowski book, I'll be like, yeah, drinking port for breakfast is cool. It's like, no, mate. You get gout and don't leave the house. It's depressing. But... I was like, I'm going to allow myself to be depressed because sport has made me emotionally do so many things in my life. In the last few weeks, it's given me so much peaks that I'm like, mm. okay, it's bound to be a drop-off at some point. You need to acknowledge it. I can't just dive straight into like, well, they gave us a good ride. They did. But I'm going to allow myself to take it pretty hard. <laughs> and I was so yeah. flat in the following days, mate. I was in a bit of shock, like we were talking oh, about earlier, post-game. Yeah. Couldn't accept it. It was rough. So I don't know how on earth the girls... We're expected to get back up. That's all I was thinking about. I'm like, how are they going to get through this loss? I just was like, there was so much riding on it. And I think they were convinced that they were going to win this whole thing. I found like they were that confident. Yeah. And they just looked so stunned after it. Like they weren't, I think I like everyone was, just, they were just as like anyone. But I just, I was wondering what they'd be like for the third game. And I and watching the social media stuff and seeing them on TV, they, they regrouped pretty quickly. They're pretty locked in together. Very professional, which I really respected. Very professional. They they snapped back yeah. into action and they focused on it. Yeah. So let's cap it off with the final game of the campaign to Queensland for the third place playoff and the quest for a positive closure. This is the palate cleanser that I think we all needed and wanted. Yeah, that's right. Because it was still a chance to leave on a high, attain some silverware, get a medal around the neck to accompany that large beating heart inside the gold shirt. And from the get-go, I reckon we looked gassed. Our Tony, quite stunningly, I think, 
played the exact same 11 who just three days prior had had their heart ripped out of their chest mm. like a bloody Indiana Jones extra. <laughs> like, I was still knackered. I'm buggered if I know how he expected this 11 yeah. to clear the eyes and get fresh legs. So it's not to be. The gruelling physical semi has us as a spent force. We're outplayed yet again and conceded in a clumsy, harsh, but correct penalty. We push hard for an equaliser. That never eventuates, and the Swedes capitalise with the final score of 2-0 after a classic finish from the edge of the box. The air is well and truly out of the balloon. With that comes the pride and the relief and the end of a tournament where, bizarrely, we lost three of seven games inside 90 minutes Mm. and needed seven successful penalties in another. And I still can't help but feel slightly hollow and flat for the girls. Yeah. I know that sounds ridiculously patronising, but I wanted it so badly for the players. Same. They gave Australians from all walks of life so much in those three weeks. The last two games, I just wanted it for them. I just wanted a little medal, a trophy, a rose gold, something. Go out there and come third. Come third like a real Australian athlete. Look, it was disappointing, but they always showed their usual Matilda self. They didn't give up, that's for sure, in that game. There was no giving up. I thought they still played the whole they 90 minutes. They left everything on the park. I mean, Left everything out in the park, and that's what you've got to look at. And like we said earlier, we'll never forget that quarterfinal. Look, our generation, we had the Olympics and Kathy. This generation of kids will have this World Cup and that shootout. You can't underestimate that value. I think also in many years to come, like we spoke about, that Kerr goal will be on highlight reel after highlight reel as an iconic moment, right. despite us not winning. Mary Fowler, Mackenzie Arnold, Caitlin Ford, Hayley Rasso, these are all household names now, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That is that, crazy. <laughs> Three weeks ago, no one knew who they insane. were. Insane. And their household names and their shirts have sold out. That's right. You could ask anyone who Hayley Razo is and they'll know. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. You know what? If they'd won it or made the final even, they'd have been household names for generations. Your grandkids would have known their names. Just as your kids will know the names Kathy and Ash, mm. their kids would know these girls. And the other thing is like, okay, I know we're majorly fizzing on them still, even though they lost, but they're kind of emblematic of the best of us. They epitomize what we aspire to be and often claim to be like they're underdogs. They're humble, they're open, they're passionate, they're industrious, hard workers who help their mate out. They're the best of us. So Mm. I was so relieved and proud of them in the way that, like, I was genuinely gutted. I was devastated. And they took Mm. it in their stride so much better than me. (laughs) And I'm tipping the professional athlete who's worked her entire life for it probably wants it a bit more than the 40-year-old bloke on the couch. Maybe. (laughs) But they took it way better than the 40-year-old bloke on the couch. Talking to himself. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't have thought so. Maybe that was my argument in my head. (laughs) I reckon I might want it more than the Matildas. Wouldn't have thought so. Wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so either, but here we are. Mate, Yes. we're going to consign this one to history and come back in a couple of days. With the second part of this, because we're going to go way too long, we're going to talk about our Tony. You're going to quiz me on the man in charge. Yeah. We'll do some player ratings and talk a bit more guff. Until then, I need you to stay mint and remember that I love you. I love you, Sonny. Stay mint. Bye for now.
can you believe George Michael's gay? I know it's a sin, but faith is a banger. See the soccer? Chicks can't play sport for shit. This is boring as.